Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. My topic today is mitigating the security skills crisis. It's my privilege to be speaking with Gareth McLaughlin, Vice President Product Security, Managed Security Services and Intel at FireEye. Gareth, thank you so much for joining me today. Tom, it's my pleasure. Good morning to you. So, Gareth, we're well aware of the long-term security skills crisis. It's something we've been talking about in various stages for a decade now. But I want to ask you about the impact. How bad is the crisis today in terms of, one, the impact on the business? Well, you're right, Tom, that we've been talking about this for some time. But I think, uh, if anything, it's in the last 12 months or so that we've really started to see the, uh, you know, it, it come to a, a head for most organizations. As many as more than half of the organizations out there now say that there's a problematic shortage of cybersecurity for them. You know, and that's grown from around about one in 10 organizations four years ago. So it, it, it's really starting to bite for uh, CISOs and CIOs that we talk to. And if you think about what that means for a business, well, we know that security investment really always lags threat. You know, the, the cost of cyber risk has shot up over the last few years. Um, you know, Gartner says it's gone up by about fourfold. And organizations are always paying catch up, trying to work out how much money that they should put to work in order to mitigate the risk that's there. As a, uh, a security professional, if you're sitting trying to run a team, if you're trying to keep your business protected, you're having to work through, how do I actually identify and understand that risk and how do I decide how much you know how big to create my team in order to to solve it and if you're taking that mindset if you're thinking about how to solve things using an internal team actually what you're doing is making your business exposed to your HR policies how quickly can you actually recruit and retain the uh, the people that you need for your team so we're, we're kind of seeing this uh, real challenge really of you know something which should be a a function which you should be able to decide each year how much exposure you have and you know what you can put in place in terms of technology to solve it has now pivoted to can I actually get and keep the right people to keep my business safe. So Gareth that's the impact on the business. What toll do you see being exacted from the existing security professionals within organizations? They're being they're being taxed. Uh, they are, but it's also a bit of a double-edged sword for, uh, uh, for for many organizations because at one level you've got, if you can't get the people in to help build your team, then the, the employees that you have usually end up having to firefight. They, they end up having to kind of try and do the work of two or three people, which means they only focus on the, the, the tier one activities. They haven't necessarily got the uh, kind of the freedom to look a little bit more strategically at the security problem. They haven't necessarily got the time and the resource to actually build out um, and maintain their skills. They can't move into more of a kind of tier two, tier three um, set of capabilities, doing things like hunting, proactively looking for um, attackers within the environment. So you're, you're losing on one end of the business because the um, the guys are really having to do just uh, you know, paddle frantically just to try and keep um, to, to grips with the alerts that are happening on a daily basis and aren't thinking across the, um, the issue as a whole. But on the other side, as a professional, you know, you're also sitting there going, when I'm in this situation where you know demand outstrips supply so significantly, 
am I even in the right place? Could I actually earn a little bit more if I move on? And so we're starting to see the kind of the churn in security professionals grow um, exponentially. You know, people are now starting to move on far more frequently than they did before. Um, they'll look for that opportunity to find the next role at a higher salary. So a business is not only struggling to bring people in, but struggling to hold on to people. And even the cost of keeping the team that you have, um, you've already put in place is going up. The gap between the number of um, cybersecurity professionals available and the demand globally is projected to hit three and a half million um, within the next three years. Now, three and a half million is a ridiculous number. Um, we went and looked at this. There's 400,000 computer science graduates coming out of the US, India, and Europe every year. So even if you took all of them and turned them into a cybersecurity professional, all you would do is stop the, uh, the problem getting worse. There's no way that we'll actually ever be able to get enough trained cybersecurity professionals to fill the gap that we've already got for ourselves. Gareth, I've heard you say elsewhere that the CISO's job is actually a risk. Can you explain that, please? Of course. It, it's, it's an interesting one um, to kind of talk through when, we, we sit, when I sit down with, uh, with some of our customers. You know, we've grown up in an industry where we've assumed that the way that we should keep our, our, our businesses safe is to be able to go to the, the CIO, go to our executive team and say, you know, I need to increase my team. I need to have you know, another four or five people this year. I want to build out a, a 24 by 7 capability. You know, I need to be able to add some malware reverse engineers or instant responders or uh, build an Intel team. You're actually really exposed as a CISO if you make that case and the organization gives you budget. Because you've effectively now said that if I, if I can get these people on board and once the uh, once I've been given the budget to do so, then the business should be safe. So if I then struggle as a CISO to hire people to actually fill those, those slots that I've, I've now had created, if I struggle to keep the people, you know, if I lose someone and I can't replace them quickly enough, or even worse, if I said that I think I need uh, this mix of skills and I actually find it was a different mix, in all of those cases, the business risk, the exposure, now falls on my shoulders as a CISO. You know, I've told the business that I should be able to keep them, and I failed to get put the team in place. So there is that concern that a CISO has to think through of, if I ask and I get, you know, am I actually taking on some of that risk personally? Are there smarter routes that I can take which help me defer some of that risk and actually remove the uh, recruitment and retention policies from being a critical part of our, uh, our cybersecurity profile. Gareth, let's talk about this problem from a couple of different angles. And the first I want to ask you about is, what do you see organizations doing long-term to address the crisis? So going back to the point, Tom, that you know, we are never going to be able to catch up with the gap that we already have. All we can hope for at best, if we focus on doing things the same way as we do today, you know, is to stop it getting any worse. So. Much of the focus long-term, I think, is going to be around bringing force multipliers in for the existing teams. How do we actually get better at doing more, whether that's more intelligently, faster, more efficiently with the teams that we've currently got, rather than always trying to build out the teams and, you know, and aim to have a 24 by 7 capability? 
So the sorts of technologies um, that are coming to market which help with that uh, are things around security operations automation. How do you actually start to take the benefit um, of knowledge from experts and make that available to um, every organization? That's one of the things we're doing on FireEye with Helix, uh, for example. It's just trying to make sure that it is as quick and easy for a security team to know what to focus on and to take it through from alert to fix in as fast a time as possible. The second area is also making sure that we pivot as a an industry from throwing money at putting more tech in place to actually being Intel-led in our, our security investments. You know, I, I've often <laughs> said, you know, the last thing the security industry needs is yet another alert. But that's what we've built over the last 20 years as an industry focused on just creating more alerts. Intel-led security investment is actually trying to say, how do I find out and work out what is the most effective next investment to actually drive down risk? Um, and the Veridin acquisition that we've done recently at FireEye is a, is a move into that space. How do you help understand you know, really what the gaps are and continually test to identify if I make this change, am I actually going to reduce the um, risk for myself as a business and make it more effective for my security operations teams to work? So I see those things as being kind of the, um, the routes that we will take as an industry over the next kind of two to five years to start to address this security gap. But it still leaves customers and organizations kind of exposed in that near term. Well, and that's the flip side of the question. What are some of the near-term solutions you're seeing employed? So I think the, uh, you know, the, the key one whenever you have this sort of resource gap in any industry is to look at outsourcing, first of all. You know, how do you actually start to take advantage of um, organizations who can provide you a different way of getting access to the skills and the expertise that you need? Um, how do you put that in place so that it is as flexible as you would like? And in many cases, something where you can kind of dial up and dial down as you need. Now, the traditional routes for outsourcing in the industry, um, effectively outsourcing your, your tier one SOC operations to an MSSP, don't really fit that flexibility. They don't necessarily um, reduce the impact upon your organization. You know, most most organizations that I know who use an MSSP still then have to have their own in-house team to go and do the follow-on investigation and remediation work for, for that particular um, MSSP. So I think it's said we're going to see um, the emergence of a different type of um, kind of flexible outsourcing. That was one of the insights we had which led FireEye to the creation of expertise on demand as a way to say to an organization, you could never tell at the start of a year what sorts of um, skill sets you might need. You don't know whether you're going to be hit with something, which means you now need to be able to pull um, investigation um, or kind of incident response teams in place, or whether you're going to need to have access to malware reverse engineering skills. Or maybe there's going to be something which requires you to build out and think about your hunting capability and you want to pull an Intel analyst in. It's difficult to predict, so why try? Why not go for a, uh, a flexible model which allows you to get access to the range of skill sets that you need when you need them without having to try and staff for all of those um, within your own team? It really starts to take us to um, 
really the application of kind of the gig economy type model to cybersecurity. Um, you know, I can see a time, um, uh, really one of the directions that we're, we're taking things within FireEye is to also recognize that many of the professionals out there could actually build quite successful um, careers for themselves operating across multiple customers. You know, why take a role as an employee tied to one particular organization when if you are a malware reverse engineer or if you've been tracking um, and investigating, researching the TTPs of a particular group, why not make your expertise available across multiple customers? So I can see starting to bring some of those um, those types of capabilities to the market is a route that we're taking, and I'm sure other organizations will follow. Well, Gareth, my final question is about FireEye. Tell me a little bit more. What are you doing to help organizations to address these security skills crisis challenges we've talked about here today? So, Tom, as, uh, as I've kind of mentioned a couple of times, I think expertise on demand was our, our real first play into helping solve the near-term issues. Some of the technologies we're bringing to market around Helix Enterprise and Verodin are solving for some of the, the longer term. But, but let me talk a little bit more about expertise on demand itself. You know, we took the, the view um, from talking to many of our customers that we had a huge range of resources within FireEye, but we weren't necessarily making those available to customers in an effective way. You know, we looked like any traditional security consulting company where an organization would have to know what they wanted to achieve and actually engage with us on a, you know, with a sizable project to get people on board. And most of our customers wanted something which was more akin to an insurance policy. They want, instead of hiring four or five people, they wanted to be able to take some of that budget and put it on retainer with us to be able to call down and use whatever resources we had. We took that one step further and we structured uh, expertise on demand to almost feel like the, you know, what we're aiming for is to feel like the, the security analyst sitting in the virtual cube next door. So we become baked in as part of a, uh, a customer's security operations. So our customers use our expertise on demand model to be able to reach out to us on a daily basis. If they've got a question about a particular domain they've just seen or a piece of malware, or they're not sure whether uh, um, how to investigate a particular kind of technique that they've just seen, they can reach out to us and we'll help them with that particular problem. So it really changes the, uh, the current outsourcing consulting model on its head. And we've seen that uh, find a lot of favor with customers, been in the market for about four months, and we've already got substantial uh, uh, take up from our, our existing customers. Well, very good, Gareth. I'm grateful for your time, for your insight today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Again, we've been talking about mitigating the security skills crisis. I've been speaking with Gareth McLaughlin, Vice President, Product Strategy, Managed Security Services in Intel with FireEye. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.